1: And welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host. And along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we would like to thank you so much for joining us today. You can keep up to date and informed about our show, upcoming guests, little tidbits by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at the Health Hub RMC on those occasions, And by emailing us at THH at RadioMaria.ca, you will have direct access to us. We check that all the time. Please subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all your uh, common and favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybiasa.com. We have an information packed show for you today, all about skincare and holistic skincare. And our guest is Chris Gibson, and he is a sought after skincare expert and holistic health coach and esthetician. He is also the best selling author of the acclaimed book, Acne Free in Three Days, which has been sold over 1 million times. And he has a very successful YouTube channel called Chris Gibson Live His YouTube channel, which has over 116,000 subscribers, is dedicated to providing expert information and product reviews on skincare and wellness topics for both skin issues and anti-aging. He was recently featured in USA Today, talking about seven freaky chemicals in your skincare products and how to avoid them. And he has also been featured on CBS, ABC Family, Fox News, The Daily Buzz, and numerous lifestyle television and radio shows across the country and here in Canada. It really is a power packed show for skincare so much information right out of the shoot uh, we talk about holistic care for acne Key products for your skincare routine, as well as chemicals to avoid in them, supplements to consider for healthy aging. We also talk about lifestyle things that you need to consider when um, you're trying to really have your healthiest skin. So please do stay tuned. We will be back in just a few minutes to talk to Chris Gibson.
0: listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody.
1: As mentioned, today's show is being taped. No opportunity for calling in. We would love for you to follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter and Facebook. and We are at The Health Hub, RMC on all locations. Chris, welcome to the show. Such a pleasure to have you.
2: Oh, it's great to be here.
1: Do you find yourself in a unique space being a man in holistic aesthetics or holistic skincare, or are there far more people than I'm aware of?
2: No, it's, it's a (laughs) one-off.
1: It's a one-off. Excellent. Uh, So we got the one-off everybody. We got the (laughs) one-off.
2: Yeah, I, am sure there are, I don't know that there are any that are, uh, I mean, on YouTube, there are a ton of guys that talk about skincare Uh, and makeup and stuff you know big guys with large followings Mm -hmm. you tend to be younger uh, which is great because they're getting younger folks into skincare and take care of themselves early on which I'm all for Mm -hmm. but in the age group that I uh I don't know the age I currently am and where the space on YouTube where I tend to have grown the most yeah I'm a one-off kind of guy there it's (laughs) you know i'm up against feeling hot and flashy and all these all these wonderful ladies that are that are over 50 and and do a great job talking fashion and makeup and some skincare uh, reviews but i'm i'm actually an esthetician holistic Mm -hmm. holistically leaning obviously been doing skincare for a long time got into it because i had bad skin very early on in my uh life and nothing was working for me so that's what drove me to the topic in the first place back then and then of course i was fascinated that you could change your diet and change skincare products and how resilient your skin could be and how quickly it could heal um so that stuck with me obviously ever since so yeah it's uh it's, it's a little different, I think, where people are taken aback by two things, on, especially on the YouTube channel, that I don't look my age, and then the other thing is that I'm the, I'm the guy talking about this stuff. So I have a fair amount of men following me uh, on all of my platforms and in the blog, and then quite a lot of, of ladies, obviously, um, interested in improving the health of their skin. So it's all good.
1: It's all good. And you come at it from a great angle. Uh, We're going to get back into resiliency as I've laid out the show in a certain order here to follow, but I love that word resiliency. Um, Now you started off in the acne space. Is that still where you're home? You've got this. I still did amazingly well.
2: Yeah, it did. And I still help people with that issue. You know, it's, it's not funny, but it is funny. Um, These days there are as many people, adults suffering, with acne issues or breakouts, especially adult onset or hormonal (laughs) um, changes cause some changes in the oil production and they get breakouts. So still dealing with that issue. Um, It was more pointed because of my story, having figured this out for myself in my early 20s. Yeah, a fair lot of folks, uh, especially back when I was on television for the book, were younger or parents that were concerned that they weren't getting any progress on acne. And, you know, it was a 2000s, early 2000s MRSA was out. There was a lot of focus on how much antibiotic use people should be doing. And so I was sort of at the right place at the right time talking about probiotics and antibiotics Mm -hmm. and products and how they're late. You know, there was a lot of focus on skincare of the FDA at the time and weight loss in particular, supplements at the time. So I had a lot to talk about and I had a lot of uh of opportunity to do that. So it was really, really great. So yeah, that is always going to be home for me. Um but as I've gotten older, obviously my skin um care routines have changed and the same principles apply to knowledge of what you're putting on your skin, how it works, what's right for you, when to know if it's really working and how much to spend on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, we have, we have so many new technologies available now for home use, radio frequency, red light therapy, uh, all these type of devices. Of course, I've been testing a whole lot of them uh, that do really help uh, that are non-invasive. So, yeah, it's an exciting time to be back in the game, I guess, even Excellent. though the topic's a little bit different.
1: So the red light therapy, I want to touch on that because that's something that I've tried myself. And uh, But let, let's uh, go back a little bit because you and I um, had a similar path and we didn't even know it. I also had acne as a, as a youth. I don't think, you know, I think females feel it more in my own head, but I don't think that's necessarily the truth. I think that, that uh, males and females, it's an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment for me. Um, I think parents want to jump on the bandwagon because at that Tender socializing age, you know, just going into your teens, you, uh, you know, I felt like I was the only one that had acne. Everyone else had beautiful skin. I scrubbed my skin. I did everything I could. I was on the Accutane as well. And, you know, God love my parents because they just wanted to get me over this face. Um, and it took you how long before you finally, uh, you know, took the hammer and hit the nail and, and found the results?
2: Well, uh- you know, 11 years.
1: Oh, that's a long time. That's <laughs> a, a long, long time.
2: time. And and I had great dermatologist because mm-hmm. their focus was to keep me from having scarring because in their mind, eventually it'll go away, you know, and you don't want to have a lot of scarring left over. So the focus there was I had re- I had really good dermatologists. I learned a lot of really good things from them, um, but it just didn't go away. And I took Accutane twice. I wasn't going to take it a third time. Um and, you know, they're just I ran out of options in the medical field that were going to work for me. So it forced me to look other places other than that are put up with it. And I wasn't going to put up with it.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's it real for those who've never had acne. It really is, um, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to deal with.
2: Now, yeah, the more stressed um, out you get. The worse it gets because it's an inflammatory skin disease. We didn't even know that's what to call it in the 80s and early 90s. It wasn't even associated with glycolic uh, rises in your blood sugar or inflammation. And that's why, you know, for years, everybody's known, oh, my God, I'm going to get married or I've got this big thing coming up. I'm going to get a breakout because I'm going to get stressed out. And they don't realize that inflammation turns on the immune system. And it's looking for anything that's a problem. And if you're genetically wired where your immune system looks at the acne bacteria, which we all have on our skin. It digests the oil that we produce. That's its job. Really? Uh, But if you're, if you're prone to reactive to that, um, then yeah, you get a breakout and it's really a vicious cycle because the more upset about it, you get the harder you try often the worse you make it.
1: And it's not a matter of cleanliness. Uh, It's really not a matter of cleanliness. has nothing to do with that. Not at all. Now, what was, what did you find in your journey that, that took you over um, the acne hump?
2: Well, the, you know, no internet in the 80s um, for us to go look at. So I, I did a lot of reading. I went to an herbalist. I talk about this in the book, actually, um, which was kind of voodoo y science to everybody then. We didn't have GNC and vitamin <laughs> shop, that was right. not a popular thing. Your grandmother took you to the herbal store and she got her pills. She got Mm -hmm. her herbs and her stuff. And they were always in this weird shopping center that was kind of run down. Really, really a different time. I think the word you look for is sketchy. Yes, sketchy. (laughs) So the herbalist put me on some herbs and she said, this will make it worse, which was my first clue. Uh, She'll get worse before it gets better. And so it did get worse, but it did get a little better, but it didn't go all the way away. So I was still looking for what to do. And I discovered a fast. And again, we didn't have cleanses back then. There weren't all these stuff that you could do that you can do today to get things moving in your digestive system. So I did a food vacation. That's what we called it. And I took everything out of my diet for three, almost four days. And my skin cleared up, like cleared up, like no cysts, no red marks, no nothing. So I knew something in my diet was a problem. Of course, I discovered later on that it was sugar and some dairy products. I took those and left those out to make a really long story shorter and have watched that ever since. Now, I also worked on probiotics, Yeah, not a popular topic until about 2003 when MRSA became an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And they started giving that to people in hospitals to beef up their their gut health, Um, you know, that wasn't recognized, but I did all those things. And then I really dove into skincare products because most of the things that were labeled for acne were really harsh, stripped way too much of the oil out of the skin. Um, And in learning the esthetician's ways of helping people, which is a more holistic approach, more skin uh, invigorating, replenishment focus I learned that your skin produces more oil when it's too dry, when it's too stripped. So I, I took pieces that I learned from different things and, and just learned how to take care of my skin. And then, of course, sunscreen was a big thing for me early on. Um, I learned that while a lot of people, there's that myth that sun shines, UVA, UVB light will help acne. What it actually does is it it does initially help but what happens is it builds up those dead skin cells on the outside of your skin. So if you're not exfoliating, the honeymoon is over very quickly and you get deeper problems and worse breakouts. So yeah, I learned a whole lot of stuff and um, applied it and helping others with it. And then the booklet, of course, I wrote it. It was a little 60-page booklet when it first went out as an ebook, and it just kind of went crazy. So I discovered that it had really gotten better for people it had not improved and I looked there wasn't any real new medications um you know they took they took uh retinol and adapalene, which is a a derivative of vitamin a that can be helpful um in acne issues but it really hadn't changed for people it really still upset a lot of folks it really got in that self-battle over it and um just didn't really know where to go because they were relying on medications that weren't working for them
1: So is it still a combination of what you're putting in your body and what you're putting on your body? That's sort of the magic bullet.
2: It can be, there are people who take Accutane and get a lot of relief. There are people who take antibiotics. I don't know anyone in my circle that ever took doxycycline or tetracycline or any of those and got like full relief from it. It got a little better, Mm -hmm. Uh, but because the bacteria isn't the real The amount of bacteria, you can't get rid of all acne bacteria on your skin. You just can't. Um, It's with us for life. Uh, It belongs there. The issue is more what triggers it. So the answer to that is kind of a yes. Um, For some people, dairy is a real problem. They take dairy out, eczema, rosacea problems, and Mm -hmm. acne issues. They abate. They go away. So they know that there's something in dairy that triggers it. Um, So they watch that. They can maybe have some occasionally without a problem. But if they eat a lot of dairy, the issue comes back. Um, same thing with sugar, refined sugars, uh, hydrogenated oils, um, you know, preservatives and food, particularly meats uh, like sausages, uh, things like that that are preserved and cured with a lot of nitrates in it tend to be a problem for, for a lot of people with acne. Um, and it can also be contact dermatitis driven where things in the environment like detergents, Um, you know uh, cleaning fluid that's used on from the dry cleaners is a problem for a lot of people with those same issues all those skin inflammatory issues and they just aren't aware of it you know we touch Mm -hmm. our face a lot so if you're touching things in the house that have been washed with a detergent that's bothering you you could actually have a contact dermatitis driven Uh, acne situation. So there's a difference. There's levels of acne. There's the cystic acne that happens further under the skin, which is uh, the body reacting to that bacteria as if it's an infection overreacting is what it is doing. Um, So you take the triggers out for a while, your body calms down. As you get older, you produce a little less oil. Things get a little more settled hormonally uh, and you're, you can be good to go. And for a lot of teens, When they get into their mid twenties, it goes away. For me, it wasn't going away. So that was the problem. Um, so it really depends on where you are with it, how long you've battled it, what all you've tried. Uh, and then oftentimes if the medications are not helping changes in your diet and your skincare products, your skincare routine can be very, very helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely.
1: Hormones are a part of it. Um, balancing out the hormones for sure. Um, now, can it be a marriage of the medical and the holistic approach or it can? can. Okay. So you're not knocking out.
2: Okay. No, I don't. I, I learned tons from my dermatologist. I learned about, uh, using a hot washcloth. Now we have facial steamers, you know, five to 10 minutes a day to get those pores to, to clear out pore congestion Very helpful, holistic approaches, things like niacinamide, which is uh, obviously made from niacin, uh, vitamin B3, which helps to decongest the pores, salicylic acid, when it's not too strong, like in a face, if it's in a face wash can help. So it's about decongesting the pores, getting that skin exfoliated, uh, which were things I learned from the dermatologists that were very helpful and still do them today. So the big benefit of those is that as you get older, it also is very anti-aging. That exfoliation process, keeping those old skin cells off the surface of the skin because it slows down as we get older, very helpful in preventing the formation of fine lines and wrinkles and textured skin, helping your products work better. So there, all of these things are really related. Um, you know, your skin is your skin. Mm-hmm. Its job is to protect you from the environment, largest organ, and... Um, and it removes toxins from the body. A lot of people don't even really realize that. So everybody's consistency, chemistry, all of those things play a part uh, in what's going to work for you. Because not every single thing works for every single person.
1: Right. And is it ever too late to start?
2: Oh, never too late to start, ever. I have, I have people come to my YouTube channel in their 70s, and they'll start changing some things and doing Some things more consistently that like what we just talked about, exfoliation, the right type of products for their particular skin type. There are more than three, by the way, skin types. And they come back on the channel all the time in the comments, go, my skin has not looked this good. It didn't look this good when I was in my 30s. So yeah, skin's very resilient. You gotta remember it's replaced, it's something that gets replaced all of the time. What you see, what you see on the surface is old news. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah, the old, true. it's the old news. So when you start taking really good care of it, you start leaning into healthier diets. Uh, you can get some, a lot of that sh- refined sugar out of your diet. You stay hydrated. Uh, you supplement where you need to uh, vitamin K2, huge supplement that people need to be aware of for skin, taking, for skin, for anti-aging. Now, of course, if you're, as we go through this today and talk about these supplements and things, it's very important to talk to a doctor, especially if you're on medication, because it's one of those things that can interfere. But vitamin K2 actually helps the body put calcium where it belongs. So when we take, and it's hard to get from the environment. It's usually have to get it in a supplement. You just can't get it, enough of it from vegetables. So when you take it, what it does is it helps the body process the calcium. It helps keep it out of the arteries and puts it where it needs in the organs and in the skin in the formation of collagen. It is extremely helpful. So especially for women with osteoporosis, you know, hereditary uh, issues with that where that's happened a lot in the family bone loss, very helpful to keep calcium in the bones where it belongs. So you got to take it with D3 vitamin D3, but a very effective supplement studies keep coming out one after the other. Now that have been going on for the last five to seven years, showing the improvements that people have when they take vitamin K2. Now, my mom had osteoporosis, and they were talking to her about this back in the mid-2000s, and they had her on the collagen peptides and also the K2 vitamin. So it's been around for a while, but just not big public knowledge about that. Not and, in connection uh,
1: with skin. Not in sure. connection
2: with skin. So yeah, it makes a big difference in the anti-aging area um, calcium is everything in the, in your body. (laughs) It's in your collagen, it's in your teeth and your bones, in your brain cell. It's very, very important. So a lot of people don't know about that. And then so, you know, it's, um, again, it's that discovery thing that goes on with me all the time. I knew about it, but it never occurred to me that, that it wasn't widely known for people that were suffering with, uh, those kind of issues. Like, You know, like sarcoid. My mom also had sarcoid, which is a collagen disease where they get nodules under the skin and things like that. And it really helped a lot with the sarcoid. So, yeah, pretty cool, huh? Yeah, interesting stuff. Not expensive.
1: So you, you filled my uh, my requisite for the day. That's one thing that I did not know. K2 for the skin. We're going to take a quick break here, everybody. When we come back, we are going to talk about products and supplements, what's needed, what's not needed. And uh, hopefully we have time to talk about the aging process and where we take in and add all sorts of different things. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
3: Night is rising on your soul. It feels just like the sky is made of stone. But you are not alone, you are not alone. He's in the valley of your pain, he's in the shadow.
0: Welcome back,
1: everybody. We are talking with Chris Gibson. We are talking skin. We got through a lot of stuff that first half. So I want to make sure that we cover the very interesting topic of supplements for skin. But also, I'm very interested in products. So let's start there. Because for women who are age- well, actually, no, let's step it back even further. Anti-aging starts as soon as you are able to put something on your skin with a methodology. Correct. I mean, not the anti-aging process, but when you're fighting anti-aging, it doesn't start when you're 50. It starts way back, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. That's like the whole thing about sunscreen. You know, I keep, I, I tell people one of the key things I did because I'm able to look back hindsight 2020, right? Mm-hmm. So I asked myself, what have I done? That's so different and consistent. Cause I'm a very consistent, disciplined person with this stuff, but what have I done? That's really different than what most people do. And sunscreen, I started applying that in my late teens. I really was uh, on it in my 20s because the dermatologist told me to do that to help with the acne. So that was initially what I did was protect my skin from the sun. And I've been very consistent with it. The other thing was taking sugar out of my diet. As a whole, I still have things every once in a while. You need to live your life and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But on the whole, I lean into a very healthy diet. With low fat, uh, lean meats, um, veggies, low sugar, low low sugar, um, and then fitness. I've stayed really fit uh, over the years. Um, not not an athlete, but I mean I keep my weight at a reasonable level. I work out. Um, I keep my energy levels high. So part of it is I don't look my age, but I don't really act energetically my age mm-hmm. either. That's a big thing. Yeah. So, you know, that energy comes from your cellular energy. So if you're feeling tired all the time and run down, uh, and I know people in their 20s that start to feel that way, that means your cellular energy is low. And there are supplements and things you can, as you, you mentioned, that you can do to help with that. But really, usually just a change in the diet, getting off caffeine, getting away from a lot of refined sugar. You don't have to take everything sweet out of your diet. But really looking at what you're eating and making those changes and then journaling or watching over a period of a week or two, what's the difference? Because generally when people, you know, it's been said words don't teach, (laughs) you know, words are just words. But when you do these things and you watch for changes, you get motivated because Mm -hmm. you see that I feel better. I'm sleeping better. um, You know, I'm losing that extra weight I need to lose without really having to work hard at it and make it a thing. Uh, stress levels, mindfulness, all that stuff plays a role in your overall health, which definitely affects your skin. You know, skin's usually the f- one of the first things that shows signs of illness mm-hmm. of all kinds.
1: Yep, you're you know? right. Is there a science behind this?
2: Uh, yeah, there's a study that came out in October of last year, which I love. It's a health got study uh, that they did with sedentary people uh, in an age range, I believe it was from 45 to 72 and ask them to perform very consistently some changes in their diet, lean, leaning into a healthier diet supplementation with omega threes, uh, sixes and nines. Also, uh, having them do some moderate activity, not, not running and not, you know, playing tennis every day, but moderate activity, 20 minutes to 30 minutes a day walking, play with a dog, swimming, you know, that kind of off off your your behind and up and moving. Uh, and what they did was they did this for eight weeks and they wanted to look at the biological change. Did it make a difference? Did it make you biologically younger? Were the cells you're producing healthier? Were collagen levels increased? Was blood pressure down? You know, all of those things, markers, blood markers of of oxygenation in the blood, all of those things. And they found that the people who are very consistent and did it every day and kept to this in eight weeks were able to reverse three years of biological aging. So that's pretty significant. And this was not hard work. You know, this is not running a mile every day. This is not, like I said, you know, having to be an athlete. It's just getting those energy levels at the cellular level to increase, you know it's long been known that physical fitness and not overdoing it because that can actually go the other way that can actually age you too much. Physical fitness can age you. Mm -hmm. Um, But having that moderate activity really can, it doesn't just lengthen your life. It improves the quality of your life. And again, since you're healthier and your blood circulation is better, it makes perfect sense that oxygen and nutrients are getting to the skin cells much easier and much more consistently than they otherwise would be so yeah and then you you add to that making sure that your diet is good and you supplement things that you need um you know it's hard for people to get omegas a lot of times that you can take them and they're they're viable mm-hmm. um you know making sure that you getting plenty of minerals uh in your food and again this is we're giving you the thumb giving you a thumbnail of this there's some work involved you got to read some labels and you know yeah, talk to course. your doctor Talk to your doctor, especially if you're on medications, about any changes that you're going to make. Sudden, the body doesn't like sudden things, so ease into stuff. This is not no pain, no gain. That's a big myth. We don't need pain to get better. We just need movement. And Movement and time, right? Movement and time. And patience. Ultimately, that is, the, that is the thing humans have the least mm-hmm. success with when it comes to weight loss, any kind of change especially with skincare, is having the patience to let things work. It's not overnight. You don't get where you are overnight. It's a lifetime of tiny little decisions. So these tiny little decisions, which seem big when you make them, after they become consistent, really make a big difference. And the skin starts way down in the lower levels of your dermis, you know, subcutaneous fat levels, all of that collagen has to work its way forward. So when you're taking supplementations like say you take collagen peptides, which are just simply amino acids that your body produces anyway, but that we produce less of as we get older, it's going to take a while for the results of that to show up. And they may, de- they may be different for you than other people. Some people get a lot of relief with arthritis. Some people see a big increase in hair and nail strength and growth. Some people see a real improvement in their skin. Hydration levels are just overall how they feel. And the reason for that is not everybody's chemistry is the same. Not everybody's going to have the same levels of those amino acids in their system. And so whatever you're a little deficient in, those can help. The K2, same thing. Um, You know, it's, it's going to help you feel better, but you're not going to notice it the day you take it.
1: No, of course. Yeah. And (laughs) I agree with you. You've got to give things time to work. Movement too. Um, When I work with people, uh, it's exercise movement. Uh, There is a difference. Um, and I think it's, it's coming to more people's understanding. I think exercise can be intimidating for some movement is key. Now, I, you know, I know we're not going to get to everything I want to ask, but I think one of the important things actually to be selfish, some of the, something I'd like to know, what are the key uh, products that you would suggest we have in our medicine chest to keep our skin healthy?
2: Well, the first, I tell people this because I, li- I don't like big, long, lengthy routines. I think you can really overdo things for your skin. But the first thing would be a good vitamin C serum. And you don't need to spend ridiculous amounts of money on these. They just need to be, if it's an L-ascorbic vitamin C serum, which is the most common kind, 15% strength or more in the morning. It really helps beef up the antioxidant levels in the surface of your skin. It helps brighten the skin, it helps regulate melanin production, which leads to hyperpigmentation in age spots as we get older. So vitamin C serum can really, when you're consistent with it, be very, very helpful. If you have sensitive skin, the vitamin C serums out there that are made with sodium ascorbyl phosphate or magnesium ascorbyl phosphate are the more stable, milder vitamin Cs. They'll provide similar benefits over time, but they're not as caustic and irritating. Whereas l ascorbic acid it's a citric acid. So it's, it's an acid, you know, it's wrong. I have trouble so, with that. Yeah. So the, the milder ones are just fine, but the consistency with it is really important. Applying collagen peptides, which are not collagen. There's a big confusion out there. People are collagen. Well, I heard collagen molecules are too big to get in the skin. Well, they are, that's completely correct. But collagen peptides are really amino acids. And again, you're replacing that layer of amino acids in the upper layers of your skin, which can help skin cells be healthier, live longer, which we want. It also helps hydrate and helps your other products work better. So there are products out there like the Inky List has one that they're not very expensive. It's a water-based serum that you apply and it just, it just helps balance the skin overall. The other thing is hydration, hydration, hydration. A daily light moisturizer making sure that you keep your skin hydrated. Hyaluronic acid, sodium hyaluronate in the ingredients is fine as long as it's paired with other ingredients like uh, glycerin and water. The reason for that is if you use pure hyaluronic acid and you're in a dry climate, it will draw moisture from your skin where we want to put moisture in the skin. So it's better to use a moisturizing product. I recommend Neutrogena a lot because they have a, a Hydro Boost gel that's just packed with hyaluronic acid and not much else, which is really great. No oil, no fragrance, Um, applying that to the skin. And then if you have dry skin issues, making you use something to help build your lipid barrier at night, which would be a CeraVe type of cream, a night cream that has ceramides. It'll say that on the label. And those are fatty lipids that your skin needs for that lipid barrier, which actually helps protect your skin from irritants. And helps hold moisture in. So those are really, really important. And then for anti-aging, a good retinol moisturizer or retinol with an A where it is retinoldehyde, the derivative of vitamin A, which can help really improve the health of damaged skin cells, help get them out of there. In fact, tretinoin, which is the prescription brand, and I don't usually go too much into prescription skincare, but for that one, for some people, it's very good studies have shown that it is able to remove precancerous skin cells. So what it does is it sort of fixes the DNA damage from your sun exposure over time, and it can help improve collagen production. The caveat here is that retinol, is not everybody's, it doesn't work for everybody. It can be very irritating because it converts on the skin. So if you have sensitive skin, but you want the benefits of retinol. It's better to use a retinol with an A. I know you could have made this simpler, but uh, the difference is it's retinol which only goes through one conversion into retinoic acid, which is what your skin uses. So retinol, two conversions, retinol with an A or retinol to hide one conversion, much milder and much better for sensitive skin. And you, they're easy to find. You can Google them and you'll get all sorts of products that are, are made that way. So
1: and you did say, um, a, uh, uh exfoliator,
2: right? Yes. Yeah. A if you, if what happens to the skin as you get older, those, those things I just gave you are the basics. I mean, yep. those are what I would wish everybody had just, if you're not going to do anything else, do those, but exfoliation is very important. I use glycolic acid, which is made from sugar, um, 14% strength. I use that daily. What that does is help dissolve the bond between the old skin cells on the surface and the new skin cells underneath. So you have an exfoliation process that's ongoing. It's very mild. You don't peel or any of that stuff. Um, But it does help brighten the skin as well. And it helps other products work better as we get older and we get that textured feel to our skin. And we have that buildup of a microscopic layer. It can actually block products from working as well. Mm -hmm. So that's a very, if you have a lot of sun damage going and see an esthetician or dermatologist to maybe have a little bit deeper skin peel to get that off and kind of give the skin a reset is perfectly fine. So again, it's a mix of medical mm-hmm. and a mix of topicals and some holistic approaches, but there are really great things you can do to reset the skin, to get those products to work better and give you some results. The thing to keep in mind with all of this though, is that there takes time. Mm-hmm. You got to have patients, products take time to work. I tell people to take a selfie when you start. And you know, we didn't used to be able to do that. which is really great. We can do it now. And then take another one at 30 days and another one at 60 days and look and see the difference in your skin with what your routine is doing. And if you're happy with it, you know, you've got the right thing going. If you're not, then you need to reach further for maybe a little more help with maybe a dermatology. If you have hyperpigmentation, that's really hard to fade there can bump up to prescription levels of ingredients that can really help with that. So, and then of course, sunscreen mm-hmm. is the big one. And then almost all my videos, I'm like sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. Have I told you, you need to wear sunscreen. What, uh, SPF, mineral. Yeah. SPF 30 over 30, okay, <laughs> 30, over 30. 30, over 30, 30 over 30. You don't need 50. 50s are too heavy. They get in your eyes. People, you know, 50 is is not necessary 30 is perfectly fine you need to judge by your environment whether you need to reapply it a lot or not you know i wear sunscreen all day whether i'm indoors or not because we have so much light coming in in the windows here in florida and we also have blue light from computers and cell phones which they now know does not as bad but it does does still damage um the dna of your skin if you if you have enough of that Absorbed, so sunscreen really important. I like minerals better. They've come a long way, um, but there are hybrids now that have mostly mineral with a little bit of the octinoxate in them that can work well for people that have problems where it pools on the skin and it doesn't really look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now we have sunscreen powders that you can use if you wear cosmetics as a setting powder, so you don't have to apply that to the face so so lots of options with sunscreen now the the main thing that i'd say to the general public is you need to wear it
1: Uh okay and (laughs) i know we're running we're we're running out of time here but list me if you will the ingredients that we need to stay away from Uh,
2: alcohol and it will say alcohol denatured alcohol and your ingredients if you have sensitive skin, fragrance is always going to be a problem that includes essential oils. So you need to look for that. Uh, parabens, obviously, although that's not as much of a problem anymore. Um, PEGs, you know, these are petroleum factors that are put into skincare, can be a problem for some people. When it comes to sunscreens, uh, octanoxate is one of the least on the human side, but it's a problem in the oceans. So you can wear ink products with it, but please don't wear them in the water. Like in the ocean when you go wear a mineral sunscreen only, uh, avabenzone, uh, oxybenzene, those are in sunscreens. Those are the ones that have caused hormonal disruption, especially in children. So that's good to stay away from if you see those in there. And then if you see sodium high, I can never say sodium laurel sulfate and sodium laureth sulfate. Those are surfactants that we find in detergents like your detergent for your laundry, car wash detergent. While they can be in small amounts in some products and not a problem, they're high, If they're high up on the list on the label, the higher up on a skincare label, the more of that ingredient is in the product. They can be extremely drying to skin. They can be <laughs> extremely drying to skin and cause a lot of trouble.
1: Okay. And so, perfect. Yeah. And the one thing I, someone asked me to ask you this question, uh, oils to cleanse skin good or bad
2: yeah uh, oil cleanse an appropriately formulated oil cleanse product is perfectly fine excellent um as part of a double cleanse it's usually oils work really well especially if you wear cosmetics because they're able to break that bond between the cosmetic and your skin much better than say a face wash where you'd have to wash and wash and wash which we don't want to do we don't want to overstrip. so people find oil cleanses fine Double cleanse with an oil cleanse and then your face wash. Micellar water, which is ionized water, can help break that bond of cosmetics to skin, mm. can be very helpful. And, uh, and it's, wa- it's a water. And they're not very expensive. The thing, again, to look for in all of those is to make sure they don't have other ingredients like alcohol, okay. uh, like denatured alcohol. If you see ester alcohols, those are fatty alcohols and they're not, they're an alcohol, but they're, they don't behave the way we think of alcohol behaving. So they're actually good for your skin. They're a lipid fatty alcohol. So they're hydrating, but the nature of alcohol, just the word alcohol too harsh for your skin. Very, very harsh. Okay.
1: This has been a jam packed webinar, lecture, everything for skin. We've just given you so much information here. I couldn't cover everything. I know I had people ask, set me up with questions, but I, I couldn't cover everything. But lucky for you, Chris has a YouTube channel. So what's your YouTube channel, Chris?
2: It's Chris Gibson Live, or you can just type in Chris Gibson now. It's big enough that um, you can just type my name in and whatever skincare question, and usually a video will just come up. They'll suggest one of my videos. I have 500 videos. I've almost covered everything, at least (laughs) once.
1: (laughs) Excellent. It has been a great pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Loved it. Everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub.